are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 85 of the College Loop Podcast. Just me in the studio today, uh, Dylan Mark, at your boy the tank on Twitter. Everybody is out doing either work or sleeping or both. I don't really know. But I'm here today to talk to you about Auburn sports. Uh, this is uh, already a jank intro as it is. But I'm just going to get right into it, to the news that broke yesterday as Auburn gained another commit to the 2024 class and four-star defensive lineman Malik Blockton from Pike Road High School and, of course, Pike Road, Alabama. And he picked Auburn over schools such as Texas, Alabama, Florida, and Troy. And from my understanding of the whole Malik Malik Blockton uh, situation that went along the past couple weeks, apparently Texas made a very, very late push for Blockton But his eyes were set on the Tigers, and now he is, I believe, the 11th commit in the 2024 class. Uh, I, uh, not counting the, you know, the awesome uh, long snappers that Auburn got already from for this class, and I'm pulling it up now just so I can make sure they're 10th. Yes, 10th. Auburn is now like up to 48. They were 51 earlier today. They moved to 48 with the addition of Malik Blockton. And there's a couple other dudes we can talk. I'm, I'm gonna bring them in a second when I talk about guys who are committing soon. That kind of keep your eyes out for. Uh, we'll be uh, ready to post those whenever they actually happen, if they in fact do happen. But yeah, look, Malik Blockton, six foot four, 275 pound defensive lineman. Of course, yeah, Pike Road. Uh, I watched a lot of film on this kid. Uh, kid's gonna be good. He's a stud. Uh, right now, he is ranked as a. Uh, he's a four star. Point eight nine. And from my knowledge, that's pretty daggum close to a four to what is that? Hold on. It's a pretty low ranking for a four star. There we go. Pretty low ranking for a four star. But for my film watching that I've seen, he, he's got it. He's got it made. He is quick. He is strong. I watched this dude straight up manhandle off of the alignment in the film study that I did myself. And he is so quick off the line too. Dude is going to be real good for the Tigers and it's a huge pickup and yet another pickup from the state of Alabama and just going through uh just counting it as I'm scrolling up three four five six seven players out of ten in this class are from the state of Alabama and only I think two of them are three stars and I mean D'Angelo Barber counts as a three star but I think he's definitely gonna be pushing up for that four star ranking very soon the same thing with Bryce Kane from Baker in Mobile, Alabama. So, yeah, huge pickup for the Tigers. He had another commit, and got to be honest with you, I have, I have the, I went through twenty four seven schedule commits. So, hopefully, these are all right. And I got a list of all current Auburn targets who were on that list. Uh, as this comes out, I may, I could have missed one. I did this yesterday, so hopefully, I got them all right. Excuse me, I had to cough. All right, so July 12th, we're looking at four-star inside interior offensive lineman. There we go. Casey Poe will be announcing his commitment. Uh, Jalen Crawford on the 14th, four-star corner. Five-star linebacker Demarcus Riddick will be announcing his July 26th. We'll talk about him a lot on this show as he is going to be D'Angelo Barber's main target, and he is committing before he comes to Big Cat Weekend. And then we have five-star safety, one of the top players in the class. K.J. Bolden is going to be announcing on August 5th. And Jalewis Jalu- Solomon is also going to be announcing August 5th, the four-star defensive back as well. So, yeah, 
five big targets from the 2024 class who are looking to make their commit within the within the calendar month. Uh, not like the month of July, but you know, within this month, within a month, within 30 days. There we go. Words are words are hard sometimes. But yeah, and I just realized I did not. Hold on a minute. Uh, football. There we go. That's what we're talking about. And then I'm going to get into, should I get into, I'm going to get into the list. So SEC Mike on Twitter ranked his SEC quarterbacks from worst to best is how rankings go. And I'm going to pull it up on the screen, but I know if, if you listen to the audio, I'm also going to read it out to you as well, but I'm just going to bring it up right there. There it is. So looking at the list, if you can't see, that's number 14. That is Graham Mertz. From Florida, I can actually get rid of the banner so you can see the full list. Graham Mertz from Florida at 13. A.J. Swan from Vanderbilt. Number 12, Peyton Thorne. Uh, 11, Brady Cook from Missouri. 10, Jalen Milrow from Alabama. 9, Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. 8, Carson Beck from Georgia. 7, Devin Leary from Kentucky. 6, Joe Milton from Tennessee. Number 5, Connor Wegman from Texas A&M. Number 4, Will Rogers from Mississippi State. Number three, Jackson Dart from Ole Miss. Number two, Jaden Daniels from LSU. And wrapping it up at number one, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. And yeah, I'm just going to keep that list up, actually, just so I can keep using it. Or actually, yeah, I'll just take it off. Yeah, so you can see my face. Yeah, look at the list from top to bottom. It's a weird list. Uh, and I start, The big question mark that immediately got me, because I read this from one to 14 before reading it all the way back up. Jackson Dart at three is blasphemous to me. Uh, this is a dude that I think he's he, he's the best quarterback on Ole Miss's roster. I know this is an Auburn podcast, but I'm going to get into this. Best quarterback on Ole Miss's roster, and I don't think it's because he's all that great. I think he's a solid quarterback, and I think he gets carried heavily by the run game behind Quinshawn Judkins. But he's not nearly good enough to have to have top three in the SEC ranking, and especially over Will Rogers. And going into number five, my other big complaint with this is Connor Wegman at five. I don't know what they've been watching to have him above uh, names like Joe Milton, Devin Leary. And I would even say it's like Spencer Rattler, really. And and then the rest of this list, I guess it all kind of falls okay with the, how they're ranking the names, except for Dart and Wegman in the top ten. Uh, I don't really see the Jalen Milrow hype. Uh, from uh, If he has improved, good for him. But from just the film that I've watched, I would not rank him that high, uh, especially over – I'm going to be a little Vandy truth for a second. A.J. Swan is a good quarterback. He went to a Vanderbilt team that wasn't very good last – two years ago at least, and he was competitive. He didn't turn over the ball very much. And I have him at 13, which I thought was baffling to me. And also Peyton Thorne comes in at number 12, which – I mean, he – I don't. We don't know who's going to win this job yet, but you cannot look at the the tape from Peyton Thorne and look at, I guess, Brady Cook or Jalen Milrow, or even really. I would put Peyton Thorne over Carson Beck, and that's not that because it's a this is a quarterback ranking system, not quarterbacks with their team ranking. That's why I wouldn't put Carson Beck at number eight right now. But Peyton Thorne, we have film on him as an active starter in a Power 5 conference, and he's been pretty daggum solid in that conference for the past two years. And, yeah, he had a little bit of a down year, but it was an average year. I don't think you can really put someone that high on a list with such a small sample size that we've seen. I mean, Carson Beck played uh, nothing short of garbage time. And, I mean, I don't really get what they see in Jalen Milrow that has him above Peyton Thorne or A.J. Swan, really. Uh, either 
I mean, just look at this list. It's clear that this list is clickbaity. It's very clickbaity. And I, if you go to the list, I mean, people are going at them too for for this. And I mean, some of these guys haven't even won the job yet. I mean, I don't. Jalen Milrow. I don't. I don't think Nick Saban goes for a quarterback in the portal and starts anybody else over that transfer. And I mean, we don't even know if Jackson Dart's going to be a starter. I I can assume he's going to be, but. I don't know if Spencer Sanders is going to make a late push for that job as well. And I mean, the one of the unanimous part of this list that I agree with the most, Graham Mertz at 14. That's about, about where this would go. And I, I probably put up a graphic uh, as this comes or the day of as this comes out or this sometime this week of my rankings of the SEC quarterbacks. But I mean, you can pretty much expect Graham Mertz to be at 14. And then a completely different order all the way up. Because right now, I think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC. Just because he has his OC from last year as well. But yeah, looking at this list, I don't see why Peyton Thorne is 12. I think if you're going to rank Peyton Thorne in SEC quarterbacks, I think you start him at around 7 or 8. And then you pick apart where he should go from there. I mean, He's not going to be the uh, is it third worst quarterback in the SEC. That is baffling to me that they have him that low. And I mean... That's that is ridiculous. I don't get it. I probably should listen to the pod to see exactly why he put him there. But I just look at that list. I I don't get it. I just I just don't get it. And I mean the another list we're gonna talk about today. Just moving and grooving. Uh 24-7 sports, uh, one of the premier rankings systems in the college football when it comes to recruiting. Uh they have put up a graphic talking about predicting college football's most improved teams in the year 2023. And Auburn falls at number eight on this list. And just to go from top to bottom, I'm going to go one to 10 this time. Uh, number one, Texas A&M, which is hard to be worse than they were last year. Two, Miami Hurricanes. Three, Wisconsin Badgers. Makes a lot of sense with Luke Fickle coming along. Four, Oklahoma Sooners. Again, with like A&M, kind of hard to be worse than you were last year. Uh, five, Texas Longhorns, which I think is a little odd. Uh, six, Iowa Cyclones, another team that's kind of hard to be worse than they were last year. Seven, Colorado, same thing with the other ones. And then number eight, Auburn. Again, you know, kind of hard to be worse than last year, uh, except for the outside of the Cadillac games. Nine, Nebraska, and number 10, Arkansas. But Auburn, number eight. And it seems that 24-7 understands that Auburn is going to be one of those underrated teams in the SEC for the very, for at least what I'm reading from this. And I mean, whether that be, I think 24-7 has Auburn going like 7-5 and five, uh, and going to the Birmingham Bowl, which I guess that's improved. And I like Auburn being on this list. I think that Auburn should be a little above like Iowa State and Colorado, really. But I can understand the hype behind Colorado just because of Deion Sanders. But yeah, Auburn listed as one of the most improved teams going into the next year by 24-7 sports. Not really a lot going on with that one. But it was real cool to see that Auburn is getting some kind of hype from 24-7 sports. Now, we are going to continue our position-by-position preview. It almost blanked on me for a second. Position-by-position preview. Last week, we did wide receiver core. This week, we are going to do tight ends, a position that I think Hugh Freeze really, I almost said really went after, picked up a really good, tight end from the portal in Rivaldo Fairweather, and I'm going to talk about him a lot in a second. But going into the last 10, 11, 13, I think I went to 13 seasons, Auburn has not really had a 
really big tight end target that got the ball more than I think. Look at my notes. I think never had more than I think 35 catches in a season. Most we had was 33 in 2021 with John Samuel Schenker. And then before that you had, it was all the way up until 2011 when you had another guy get over 20 receptions with Phil Butts and Kirkin with 24 catches that year. But yeah, Auburn has not really had the best track record as of late with tight ends. And with Hugh Freeze coming in, who we've been pretty adamant on his ability to develop tight ends, we see this as a huge position of emphasis by this coaching staff. And we've seen that with the recruiting. We've seen that. Uh, I guess that goes with both. And the fact that Auburn's tight end room is one of the most underrated on this team. I think they don't get enough love as they should get. I mean, looking down from top to bottom, Rivaldo Fairweather from FIU. Then you have all the guys who are returning. Uh, Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, Michael Riley Ducker, and Brendan Frazier. And, I mean, just go if I go to their sizes, Fairweather's at 6'4", 251. Deal, 6'5", 255. Tyler Fromm, 6'5", 241. Michael Riley Ducker at 6'5", 247. And Brandon Frazier, a dude who I think should get the ball a whole lot more, 6'7", 267. So this tight end room is huge, and they're good blockers all around, and they're pretty decent pass catchers from what we've at least seen of them, at least from what I've seen of them. And Ravada Fairweather is going to be the starting tight end for the Auburn Tigers this year, and I'm expecting a big year out of Ravada. Just from watching the film of him, dude, he is so good. And he's fast, he's quick, he's tall, he can jump. This is a tight end that Auburn has been waiting for, and I think he's probably going to be the most athletic tight end Auburn has had since C.J. Uzama, really. And just to give him a little player comp as to what I see Ravato Fairweather being, and this goes into the whole Hugh Freeze thing, Ravato Fairweather is a taller version of Evan Ingram. And from what we've seen of Evan Ingram, I mean, going through his his stats, under Hugh Freeze, Ingram averaged 40 catches a season, 580 yards, and 3.75 touchdowns per season. There we go. And, I mean, his senior year alone, 65 catches, 926 yards, and eight touchdowns in a year that put him in contention for the Mackey Award. And, I mean, that that in of itself is huge. Not something that Auburn has really seen as – I don't think – I don't know if Auburn's ever had a Mackey Award finalist now that I think of it. Uh, I don't think – Lutz Kirk, might have been on a watch list. I don't think he was ever a finalist. And I could be very wrong on that. That's just me just speculating off of that. But Auburn has not had a real true tight end since CJ Uzama. And yeah, John Samuel Schenker was good and he was a good utility, but he was not used properly. And Auburn, it was the back half of the Malzahn era. And then in the last part of the the other dude that I'm going to, I'm getting real tired of mentioning his name that didn't really know how to use tight ends. Uh, once Uzama left, you didn't really have tight ends. You had for, you had from 2015 to 2017, you had Chandler Cox as like your premier pass catching big bodied blocker, really. And he never really had more than, I think he had 80 yards was the most he had 78 was mo- the most he had. I think it was 2017. And then you go into 2018, and you have 2018, 2019, you have Sal Canella. Not really a tight end. He was he was tall. He was a tight, he listed as a tight end, but he was more of just an X wide receiver. He was big, he was tall, and that was really about it. That's, that's as much as into the tight end he really gets. He was never really a blocker. 
he was just your go up and get it receiver in the back of the end zone. That's why he got the touchdowns that he got. And then John Samuel Schinger comes around and he does, he's pretty good for a tight end that at an Auburn team that has not seen success at the position since against CJ Uzama, who even CJ Uzama never really got more than 160 receiving yards in a season. He was just really good. And that's why he is still in the NFL. Now I look at it from that point of view and John Samuel is currently, I believe, is still on a roster somewhere. And I think he's going to make a team very happy that they signed him after the draft. But the thing that always got me about John Samuel is the fact that the scheme was never fit around him. But with Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm just going to let everyone know I'm butchering this name. Ben Igamawa, I believe is correct. The Auburn tight ends coach. He's had a lot of success, and I'm reading right off of the athletics uh, page for him. And his four years at Liberty, the Flames won 34 games. And beca- I'm reading the wrong line. There we go. Hold on, move down. In four seasons, Agamawa's tight end group hauled in a collective 109 receptions for 1,267 yards and 20 touchdowns, while Liberty finished top 25 in the country in total offense on a pair of occasions. The the pieces are aligning. Right. For Auburn to have a really, really good tight end group that we've not seen as a collective since I can remember. I don't think Auburn has ever had a tight end room that goes this deep. I even think I think we had I think Cedric Uzama was on the twelve on the twenty twelve team. So it would have been Lutzi, then I believe Brandon Fulf, and then Cedric Uzama, and that would be like the most stacked it's been since then. But with Rivaldo Fairweather, Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, and Michael Riley Ducker, and hold on, Brandon Frazier, a little early and there, this tight end group can be really good for this team. And I'm expecting at least 500 yards receiving from Rivaldo Fairweather. And that's me being a little, maybe a little premature about the two. And I mean, dude is good. He is really, really good. And excuse me for that, I'm going to take a drink. There we go. Voter Fairweather is really good. I cannot say this enough. And watching his film from FIU, dude is going to be legit. He is legit. He is the truth. And we've heard nothing but great things about him from the spring. And to be honest with you, we've not heard a single bad thing about this tight end room. And that just leads me to believe that expect a great year from Auburn's tight end group. It's one of the best that I that we've ever seen as Auburn fans. And just in that, I mean, I'm expecting 500 yards from Rivaldo Fairweather. I'm also expecting like maybe 150, 200 from like Luke Deal, and probably a little less as it goes down. I feel like Michael Riley Ducker might find his way onto the rotation a little bit. Just the young buck who chose Auburn over Iowa, which that in of itself was wild when that happened. And the fact that they all stayed with the team as well. You have a veteran group, and you also have a young buck from Michael Riley Ducker who were all really talented. And again, it's one of those things where you got to find a way to share the ball with them. And Brandon Frazier has been more of a blocker. I think Tyler Fromm is a real, is a really underrated blocker and Luke Deal the same way. Rod Fairweather is going to be a premier red zone target for this team, no matter who is at quarterback. And we, we said if Robbie Ashford is a quarterback, you're going to be running the ball a lot. If Peyton Thorne is a quarterback, you're going to be passing the ball more than we've seen. Whoever's at quarterback is going to really – rely on Rivaldo Fairweather. 
and we talk about Camden Brown. We talk about Shane Hook. We talk about Jair Shorter. Rivaldo Fairweather is going to be the go-to guy when it's when you when the ball is in the red zone, when it's third and five, when you just need a big-bodied guy to just run a little out route, run a little slant. It's going to be Rivaldo Fairweather, and he's going to be battling out for that position alone with Camden Brown, but with just the size, the strength, the speed that a guy who is six foot four, two fifty shouldn't have. Rivaldo Fairweather is going to be that go-to target, and he is going to have a great season in his first year with the Auburn Tigers. And, I mean, I don't know what more I could get into that. And to just preview the tight ends in general going into the 2024 season, Martavius Collins is a huge pickup from the 2024 class. Talked about him a little bit before, I guess. Uh, we talked about, talk about him a lot, actually. When he, he, he flipped from Alabama. He was committed, then he wasn't, then he committed to Auburn. And most of that comes from Ben Agamawa, who was very adamant on getting Martavius Collins. And I mean very, very adamant on getting Martavius Collins. And everything I said about Rivaldo Fairweather and all these other tight ends, Martavius Collins is as well. Coming, he's, he's a three-star, and he's going to get that four-star this year. Believe me that. Believe that as it is. He's six foot three, 241. So he's, a, he's an inch shorter than Rivaldo Fairweather, and he's got 10 pounds less on him. But from the film that I've watched, dude is – he can – catch the ball with a lot of them. He can jump. He can get it from the top. He can high point the ball. There we go. High point the ball wherever it is. And I mean, I saw him snag this one ball between two defenders. It kid's going to be good. And believe you me, from the film that I've watched from this kid, I can go ahead and tell you he is going to be an immediate, immediate producer on this Auburn offense in the 2024 season. And with that, I'm going to move on to the hardwood, as Mr. Harrison Tarr would say it. Talk about some NBA Summer League and just NBA in general, really. Auburn stars all around the league are real pop, are really popping off as Jabari Smith scores 33 points, seven rebounds, and hits the game winning three pointer in a 100 to 99 win over Portland. And if you go back and watch the first half, not a lot of highlights from Jabari Smith. It was a really, really bad first half for him. And he went ahead and turned that around real quick. And he popped off and won, basically, I don't want to say he won the game for in a team sport, but he played a heavy, heavy hand in the win over Portland. And uh, Jabari Smith said to himself, when he was asked why he was playing in the summer league, he said, I'm 20 years old. Why wouldn't I play? We were 22 and 60 last year. My rookie year wasn't perfect. So why not get out here and get reps, play with my new teammates and coaches? And that's a real mature NBA player, or, or two second-year NBA player. There we go. Real mature second-year NBA player right there. He saw the struggles they had last year. He turns around, gets in the summer league. He starts struggling a little bit, but second half comes around. He turns it around, lights it up, 33 points, seven rebounds, and then, of course, hit the game-winning shot to beat Portland. And I mean, he's not the only star that popped off that night either. And I'm going to go ahead and talk, I'm going to talk about the Cavaliers for a second. Just go ahead and mention Wendell Green did not play on Friday, which again sucked, but don't worry because Sharif Cooper came in and led the, t- but I think both teams in scoring with 27 points. That was about three rebounds. And Sharif Cooper also put up two blocks in their 100 to one 
to 97 win over Brooklyn. And in case you're not wondering right now, uh, Jabari Smith, the truth Cooper, as it stands right now, I could have been different from the last time I read this. I currently lean the league in scoring in the summer league, but looking at Sharif Cooper, dude's been balling it out in the G league for a couple years now. It is time that we have a serious discussion on whether on, on asking why NBA teams have not taken a real shot at Sharif Cooper. He goes into the G league games. He averages like 20th and he puts up 40. Like he, he had a stretch where he put up 40 points in like two or three games. Shreve Cooper has been balling in the G League for a hot minute, and it is time that we actively look for a good reason as to why NBA teams are not beginning to have a shot. And I got to be honest with y'all, there's not one out there. And watching him play on Friday, it, it shows Shreve Cooper is legit. And, I mean, I, a lot of people on Twitter have been calling him a bust for some reason. I don't think they understand how a bust works, because if you get drafted in the late rounds and – you're not really a bust if you're not performing right away. But just watching Shreve Cooper play, I mean, it's a work of art. I'm just going to chef's kiss. Because he's finally – I feel like he's tr- finally getting the recognition he deserves. And hopefully, if not the Cavs, someone takes a shot at Shreve Cooper because I think he's going to make a team very happy. And, yeah, I guess you're, the size is a complaint you could have. But, I mean – Sharif can play. Reef can straight up play. And I know when I put it on the rundown, I think Tar saw it and he knew he couldn't be on the show. He was mad because the, he has been wanting to talk about Reef for a long time, about how good he's going to be and what he can do for their NBA team. And from what we saw from the Friday night game, he can score. He can put up points with anybody in the league. And, I mean, when a guy of Sharif's size can get two blocks in a game, that's huge. And, yeah, speaking of blocks, Walker Kessler is joining the U.S. men's national team in a team that, I'm going to be honest, I don't think there's been a lot more – there's been a, there's been a lot more talent on teams in the prior years. This has been more of a rookie or second-year player kind of showcase and a couple of guys sprinkled in there. I think Brandon Ingram's like the top player on that team. And I could be wrong, but I think he is. Well, and Paulo Benchero as well. But yeah, Walker Kessler is going to be representing the United States, um, the men's national team, and they're going to be playing their first game on August 7th where they'll take on Puerto Rico and Las Vegas. And, I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, you get a chance to watch a former player uh, battle out for a gold medal, and I think Walker Kessler is going to have a field day uh, <laughs> during this time. Because uh, if you didn't know, uh, this is breaking news. Walker Kessler's really tall. And there's he he didn't have to go to the Summer League. Walker Kessler's already been recognized as one of the top centers. I think one of the top centers in the league. Strictly just because he almost won Rookie of the Year. And if it wasn't for Paolo Benchero just being absolutely legit last season, Walker Kessler would have won it. And it'll be another, another resume piece to add to Walker Kessler's already outstanding career that he has had in basketball. But yeah, that's all the NBA news. Jabari Smith, Treef Cooper, and Walt Kessler all balling out. And maybe someday the Cavaliers are going to put Wendell Green in a game. Uh, and that's just from Friday. That's just from a Friday game. So expect to see him in a game very soon. Because uh, believe me, Wendell Green is going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. And it'd be fun to really see Shreve Cooper and Wendell Green on the same on the same court at the same time. Because that'd bring back a lot of memories. And 
Now to move on to the diamond, where tomorrow or today, I guess, as this comes out, I think that's right. Uh, I need to look that up because I may be wrong on my on my tidbits for that. The MLB draft is coming up very, very soon. Yeah, it's this week. It is this weekend. Yeah, there it is. Uh, getting getting confirmation on that. I knew it, but I had to make sure. The MLB draft is this weekend, and Auburn is expecting to have some names called off the board. And using Auburn Daily, uh, Lindsey Crosby, who is a, a genius when it comes to baseball, I'm going to read off some names uh, that he has as draft-eligible players. And I'm just going to go into the ones he has bolded. I'm going to go uh, wait until afterwards and then go to the bolded ones of the ones he thinks are going to get drafted. So just going down the list, outfielder Mike Bello, right-handed pitcher Ben Shore, first baseman Cooper McMurray, second baseman Caden Green, catcher Carter Wright, left-handed pitcher Tanner Bauman, infielder Ty Maudlin, right-handed pitcher Christian Herberholz, right-handed pitcher Chase Isbell, left-handed pitcher Connor Copeland, outfielder Josh Hall, infielder Brody Wortham, Brody Wortham, there we go, and left-handed pitcher Tommy Sheehan. Now we also put all the ones in bold. If you did probably a lot of names y'all didn't hear on that or didn't catch that. So here are the players Lindsay thinks are going to be the most likely to be drafted. And it's going to be a lot of names you recognize. We talk about them a lot because these are all the best players from last year. Also, I think Cooper McMurray, Caden Green, Connor Bauman, uh, all those guys really got praise from us last year for how they played. But here's some guys we're expecting to get uh, drafted based on Lindsay's article. Shortstop, Cole Foster, right-handed pitcher, Joseph Gonzalez, third baseman, Bryson Ware, catcher, Nate LaRue, outfielders, Bobby Pierce and Kaysen Howell, and Justin Kirby, and left-handed pitcher, Tommy Vale. Yeah, so those are the guys right there that uh, Lindsey Crosby thinks are the most likely to get drafted. And, I mean, right off the bat, the first two that come to my mind, Cole Foster, and well, three come off of my mind, Cole Foster, Bryson Ware, and Joe Go who I think are going to make a team very happy. Even Nate LaRue. I think Nate LaRue is going to make a team very happy because they're going to get a guy who can really play catcher extremely well. And if someone can just take a shot at him and try to fix his – I what is it? He's right-handed but left-eye dominant. That's always messes with me when we talk about that. But, yeah, just huge, huge day, uh, huge days. Uh, if you didn't know, I had to look this up to make sure. Uh, there's 20 rounds that will be draft, so – I'll try to get the graphics up as they get drafted, hopefully. But it might take a hot minute uh, for me to really catch up on all that because, believe me, NFL draft was easy. NBA draft is, was easy. Uh, but the MLB draft is just a lot because at some point they're just drafting dudes from, like, middle school. Uh, but, yeah, just expecting uh, Joseph Gonzalez, Cole Foster, Bryson Ware to be the first, all, first Tigers off the board, really. Uh, hopefully Joe Go can – Stay of the year if he wants to. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, and and Lindsey Crosby has him projected to go day two in the MLB draft. And I believe Cole Foster. I don't. I'm trying to read that as I'm as I'm talking about it. Is going to be a. He said 90 to the 130 range with a high of 79. That's what he has seen in uh, mock drafts. But yeah, it's going to be fun. You're going to have a lot of guys get drafted from Auburn, and Auburn has been pretty good with the players they've produced in the MLB as of late, even in the minor leagues, really. Because uh, Sonny D uh, is popping off. I saw a video of him hitting a home run. Ryan Bliss having having a good time 
for the Diamondbacks minor league team. Casey Mize doing what he does. And there's a lot of stars in the MLB from Auburn. And I can't, I almost forgot Edward Julian as well. Also having a really good debut in the MLB. But yeah, that's about all I have today. Uh, Stay tuned for the MLB draft. I'll get the guys uh, their draftee pictures as it comes out, just so everyone can follow along. Walker Kessler battling out for America, taking on Puerto Rico August 7th. That's about in a, a little less than a month. Uh, and then, yeah, shout out Auburn football and the recruiting for you know bringing in Blake Blockton, beating out Texas for that guy as well. But, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Dylan Mark at you boy the tank on the bird app. That's at Y-A-B-O-I the tank. If you're watching, it's just right there. And if you want to, you can scroll down and go and copy paste the link. But while you're down there, like and comment and subscribe. We're getting so close to 400 followers for subscribers here on YouTube as well. Leave us questions and comments. We'll be ask, uh, asking or answering your comments. There we go. Answering your questions as well. And stay tuned for next episode. We're going to be previewing Auburn versus Georgia for week five. And yeah, if you want to follow us, you have us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, Twitter. And if you want to listen to us, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. But with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>